Am I supposed to start? Yeah, I think somebody started the recording. Is that so, Mataji? Okay, usually someone makes some kind of introduction or something, so I just didn't. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. I, I'm just seeing the... I'm yeah. just making sure the recording is there, Mataji, just a second. Oh, no, no. Yeah, the recording has started. Yeah. I'm not in a hurry. Yeah. Hare Krishna. I welcome all to Everyday Chant Harinam conference call. Today we are very fortunate to have our guest Jai Sri Mataji to enlighten us on verse 16, chapter 7 of Canto 6. Um, Hare Krishna Mataji, please accept my respectful obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada and Guru Maharaj. Um, whenever you are ready, um, please take over, Mataji. Okay, good morning everyone. Um, so nice to be feeling good enough to be able to participate in your wonderful Sangha. All glories to Srila Prabhupada, all glories to Sri Guru and Sri Guranga. What a wonderful day, a way to start our morning. So I am moving to another apartment here and everything I own almost is packed, so I have no cartels still. Um, so please uh, excuse my simple singing. Gopi <laughs> Jamuna Tira Manachari Jayarata Madhava Jabihari Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Jaya Prabhupada, Jaya Prabhupada, Jaya Prabhupada, Srila Prabhupada. Jaya Guru Deva, Jaya. Guru Deva Jaya, Guru Deva Jaya, Guru Deva. Nitai Gaur Haribo, 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 Nitai Gaur Haribo. Jaya Om Vishnu Pad Parmahansa Parvajaka Charyastra Teresat is Divine Grace. Esi Bhakti Vedanta Swami Kila Prabhupada Kijai. Jai Om Vishnu Pad Parmahansa Parvajaka Charyastra Teresatya's Divine Grace. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Srila Prabhupada Kijai. 
Anantapur de Vaishnavarniki Jai, Namacharya, Srila Haridastakur Kijai, Prem Sri Kahosi Krishna Chaitanya Prabhanichananda, Sri Adoita Gadadhar Shiva, Siddhi Gobakta Varniki Jai, Sri Sri Radha Krishna Go Gopinath Shamakunda Radha Kunda Giri Govardhan Kijai, Sri Vrindavan Dham Kijai, Sri Navadweep Dham Kijai, Dimunamaya Kijai, Bhakti Devi Kijai, Sri Mati Tulsi Devi Kijai, Samaveda Bhakta Vrindikai, all glories to the Asama devotees, all glories to the Asama devotees, all glories to the devotees, all glories to the Asama all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So, we are reading today from the beautiful Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 6, Chapter 7, Text Number 16. Do we have our wonderful Sanskrit reader? Shamagori? I can okay. hear you. Sure, thank you. Or Shamagori Mataji wants to do also. Oh, doesn't matter. Okay. Point seven point sixteen. Evam Wonderful, thank you. Synonyms Evam thus Chintaya while thinking very seriously. Tasya, he, Mangana, Indra, Bhagavan, the most powerful, Grihat, from his home, Brihaspati, Brihaspati, Gata, went, Adrasdam, invisible, Gatim, to a state, Adhyatma, due to being highly elevated in spiritual consciousness, Mayaya by his potency. While Indra, the king of the demigods, thought in this way and repented in his own assembly, Brihaspati, the most powerful spiritual master, understood his mind. Thus he became invisible to Indra and left home, for Brihaspati was spiritually more powerful than Indra. So Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasaya Bhutale Shimati Bhakti Vedanta Namaniti Namani Namaste Saraswati Devi Gorbani Pacharane Nirvisesa Sunyavadi Vashyatitishtarane Om Agyana Timurandasya Gananjana Salakhaiva Chakshuran Nalitamyena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Manobhistyam Stapi Tamyena Bhutale Saryam Rupam Karan Mayam Dadati Swa Parantikam Vandeham Sri Guru Sri Jita Padakamalam Sri Guru Vaishnavamscha 
Shirupam Shagrajatam Sahagana Raghunatam Tam Sajivam Sadaitam Savadutam Parijanasi Tam Sri Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishakam Cha. Just to remind everyone to please mute so we don't listen to things happening in the background. Vandeham Sri Guru Sri Yuta Padakamalam Sri Guru Vaishnavamscha Sri Rupam Sagraja Tam Sahagana Ragana Tam Tam Sajivam Sadaitam Savadutam Parijanasi Tam Sri Krishna Chaitanya Deva Sri Radha Krishna Padam Sagana Lalita Sri Vishakani Tamscha He Krishna Karna Sindhidina Bandhuva Jagatpate Kopesa Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostate Tapta Kanchana Gorangi Radhe Vrindavanishri Rishavana Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vanshakalpa Jivrashta Kripa Sindhavi Bachavati Tanam Bhavanivya Vaishnavibhya Namunapa Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhanichananda Sri Adoita Gadada Shivasati Govaktarinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So, good morning, everyone. Unfortunately, I have not been following this part of the Bhagavatam that you're following, so I'm quite behind. I, I did read up a little bit to see what's happening here with poor Indra and as we know Indra <clears throat> made a serious mistake offended his spiritual master and we understand uh, that his mistake was due to his pride Indra seems to have this tendency so this is a good lesson for all of us right the Lord, our spiritual master, the Vaishnavas, are not to be taken for granted, nor should they be offended by us. We should always be careful in our dealings with the devotees and our spiritual master and our literatures, our books. We don't want to waste our valuable time trying to do what Indra's doing trying to rectify a great mistake of offending the spiritual master. So, Lord Chaitanya, this is, I mean, Indra, his problem was his pride, right? Indra's a powerful person and in control of so many other people. But somehow or other, due to his conditioning, as we have too, our conditioning in this material world is so strong. We have a tendency to get puffed up and to get prideful. Due to our, what does it say? Uh, in this age, even a pauper is proud of his penny. And sometimes when I, I think you know, we have a tendency to think, oh, look, I did this, or oh, I'm so good at that. 
I think, ah, my penny, my little penny. I'm so proud of my little penny. <laughs> so, I mean, we, we live in this disastrous age. It is really not a fun time. So many difficulties. Just to do the smallest thing, you have to go through so many hurdles. When I was in L.A., my son was trying to get my granddaughter's passport. She's from, she was born in Canada. Her mother's Canadian. And they have this line for you to call. But when you call, you don't get a person. You get a robot. And if, if you don't answer the question right, each time the robot asks you something, it, you just go round in circles. He said he went round in circles with the robot for hours trying to find a way to talk to somebody. So I said, well, you don't have the time. Let me do it. So I had the same situation. Hours trying to talk to somebody about just asking one question. And uh, so finally, I, I tricked the robot, and it finally said, oh, we'll give you someone to talk to. And, I, you know, and then my son got on the phone, of course, and asked the one question and, and got all he needed from that one question. This was after like five hours. So everything is like that now. Nothing is easy. It's amazing how this so-called modern technology that's supposed to make everybody's life easy is just like, wow, almost easier just to pick up the phone in the old days and call somebody. <laughs> anyway, so the tendency for pride is there in everyone. So what do we have? We have this age of Kali. We're dealing with this situation. Somehow or other, our past activities have brought us here, right? And this is what we deal with. But what do we have? We have Lord Chaitanya. Lord Chaitanya came in this particular age to this particular group of people. And... He was a great scholar, of course, Krishna. But what did he leave us? He left us some simple verses because we're basically pretty simple people. I think most of us don't have the kind of memory where if we look at a book, we can, we've automatically memorized everything. Personally, I have a hard time remembering what I did the day before, but... Whatever with that. So Lord Chaitanya, he's come and he's given us his beautiful Shikshastika. And in the Shikshastika, of course we know there's the eight verses, but this particular verse is something that is really dear or should be dear to us because it's something we really need. And Indra is showing by his situation that he was not following this particular verse of Lord Chaitanya. Trinada pi sunichena, tarara pi suhishnina, amani namanadena, kirtaniya sadahari. You know how simple. One should chant the holy name of the Lord in a humble state of mind. 
thinking oneself lower than the straw in the street. One should be more tolerant than a tree, devoid of all sense of false prestige, and should be ready to offer all respects to others. In such a state of mind, one can chant the holy name of the Lord constantly. Such a simple phrase, but so deep and actually so difficult to follow. We have a tendency, I mean, if we had this stamped so we could see it all the time, we would remember. But unfortunately, of course, I know some people that had it tattooed to their body, Malati being one of them. But uh, <clears throat> if we go over this, we see this is, of all the things Lord Chaitanya could have told us, a direction to follow. More in a humble chant, in a humble state of mind. So I was thinking, what exactly? Okay. So the word, I looked humble up. It means having or showing a modest or low esteem for one's own importance. So that doesn't mean that we belittle ourselves. That we, oh, I'm so fallen, I'm so stupid, I'm worthless. But we understand that we're not really so important, no matter what our position is. I mean, unfortunately, in the materialistic mentality, as soon as we gain something, wealth, beauty, position, some type of prestige, we become very puffed up. Like Dr. Frog, we become um, full of ourselves. We are we're so important. We're just so important. But here, the whole opposite is given. Just like when we see the examples of the Goswamis, they weren't opulent people. They didn't accrue all kinds of wealth so that they could be happy. And they lived, and Lord Chaitanya lived so simply. Those are the those are the directions we need to try for, or at least keep it in the front of our mind that, that that's the way we should be living. So we, we understand we're not great, but we have a tendency to go that way. So the Lord's given us a direction. No, you don't want to go that way. You, you want to be in a humble state of mind. And that's what Indra needed. Prabhupada pointed out this fact that we've taken birth in the material world, which means we haven't done well. We really don't have much to be proud of. We're here, we're suffering, we're in a situation that's kind of beyond us. And the Lord's come and given us a direction, so that, that humility is a very important factor. We're in a place called Marchiloka, right? The place of death. My God, this past year, for my health, has been one of the most difficult years of my life for my health. But so many devotees have passed away this year. My birthday was a couple of days ago, and right in the middle of my birthday party that Malati had, there was a few of us, uh, my dear friend's husband passed away. She texts me right in the middle of it. So, of course, we stopped and we 
Stang said prayers and things, but um, you know, it's, it's it's a real difficult place and time. And then another New Vrindavan, he was a New Vrindavan devotee, although he left in Alachua. And another New Vrindavan devotee left like the day before. You know, it's like, wow, a lot of people dying this year, are, are leaving and going on. Right? So, so Marjalok, that's where we are. So we're always harassed, basically, by the threefold miseries. So how how proud should we possibly be of who we are and where we're situated? You know, it's good for us to be humble. It's the attitude we need. Pride is like a disease. It gets injured. And, and, and everybody we, we see in the, the Bhagavatam, the stories, that pride becomes a, a source of trouble. And even even in the beautiful pastimes of Radha and Krishna, we see that when Radha got proud that Krishna was carrying her, he left. <laughs> right? He left. So it's something we want to check. So, um, and also, Bhaktivinoda Thakur's writings are just very beautiful. And in so many of his poems and prayers, he he just says what a debauchee he is and what a low-class person and how fallen he is. And, you know, he's not thinking, oh, I'm Bhaktivinoda Thakur, I'm a magistrate, I'm so great, I'm in charge of the Jagannath Puri temples, just look at me. You know, we don't see that in his writings. He's giving us the path, the walkway for our own advancement. The Acharyas, the great teachers, the Lord himself is coming and giving us this pathway of humility. What, what a special gift in an age and a time when people pride themselves on their pride, on their arrogance, and on their debauchery. It's just so sad. And, and and we're given the total opposite. But even in the Christian tradition, it's the same thing. Pride cometh before a fall. The great Christian teachers were also lived very simple lives. Saint Francis, very humble. Mother Teresa, you know? So we need to take it seriously that our pride and our arrogance is not what we want. So, <coughs> think of oneself lower than the straw in the street. Wow. Straw. Whoever thinks about the straw they're stepping on in the street. You know, it's just like, oh, piece of straw. I don't care if I step on it and just keep on going. You know, that's pretty low. Right? But Lord Chaitanya is telling us, thinking oneself lower than the straw in the street. Easier said than done. Easier said than done. It's like we're always having a fight with our tendencies and our mind. And not that we should like beat ourselves up and hate ourselves because we're 
in a condition where we're not humbler than a blade of grass or lower than the straw on the street. But, but at least know that this is our direction. So. And, and it causes disharmony. It causes disharmony. Just yesterday, I was at the temple, and they're doing some construction there. And two of the construction workers, of course, devotees, they had two different opinions of, of a certain uh, ways the construction should be done. But instead of having an attitude to deal with each other in a good way, it became, no, I'm right, no, it should be done this, no, you know, and there was a conflict where they could have worked it out one might have to submit to the other one, but you know the other. If you actually listen to both of their sides, you could see that both of them had very good points. And uh, it's like in so many things, you can approach it from different angles, and it can all be done. You can make a cake this way, or you can make a cake that way. It's not that it has to be done my way, but um, so there was this disharmony. And then because I had, like a week or two ago, just asked a simple question. Oh, is it going to be done this way or not? You know, because people had complained to me, guests had complained. Oh, we don't think it should be this way. So I just asked a question. And then I got pulled into the center of it, like I had done something wrong. It's like, wait a minute, I just asked a question. But it was it's all due to this kind of pride and this lack of feeling oneself lower than the straw in the street. Otherwise, we wouldn't come to this disharmony and fighting. So, Brihaspati is teaching Indra some of these facts. Okay, you've disrespected me. I mean, I'm sure he could have done something harsh to Indra, seeing how powerful he was. Hold on one second. I have something on the stove. But he didn't. What did he do? He just left. And Indra, we see, we'll see, Indra, you know, couldn't find him anywhere. So that was one way of teaching him. So sometimes, I mean, and we see that's what Krishna did with Radharani. He left. And what is that old saying? You don't miss the water till the well runs dry. Sometimes we don't know what we have until we lose it. And then we lament. Oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. So this is what Brihaspati is doing to Indra. He's teaching him a good lesson. So... I know that um, there was one particular devotee many years ago. Wait, there was something I wanted to say. One second here. 
Well, let's just go on. Okay, one should be more tolerant than a tree. Wow, trees are amazing. They're just so big and solid and so generally so well grounded, so well situated. And they stand there through the scorching heat. In New Vrindavan, we have very strong seasons. We have, like, it was like 90 degrees the other day, really hot. And then we have big rainstorms sometimes and, and, and wind. And the trees here, a lot of them don't have long, uh, deep roots. So we have trees fall over reg regularly. And then you have the freezing winter. And they just have to stand there through all these different harsh changes of weather. So they have to have a certain kind of tolerance. And no one gives them shelter. Who gives a tree shelter? No one gives a tree shelter, but a tree gives everyone shelter. Srila Prabhupada had different relationships with trees, just to bring up a small point. When he was at John Lennon's estate, he, he, when he was leaving, from what I read in the Lilamrita, he went and spent some time with the trees. You know, they're living entities, and someone on a certain level of, of life has uh, more communication with other living entities. I know the Native American Indians have um, a lot of connection with the trees and the animals. And when Prabhupada was in Hawaii, there was a certain tree that Prabhupada had some connection with, and he said it should never be cut down. Devoid of this. This is just one verse. He, Lord Chaitanya is giving us all these different facets of ways to be and think. Devoid of all sense of false prestige. The word prestige means widespread respect and admiration felt for someone or something on the basis of a perception of their achievements or qualities. So false prestige means that you're getting respect or admiration falsely. One should be devoid of all sense of false prestige. In other words, what do we have to be proud of? Most of us, are, like it says, uh, we're proud of our penny, but also... Like the peacock's proud of its plumes, its borrowed plumes. So we read throughout Prabhupada's teachings that Krishna's the doer, the the provider of the accomplishments and and that all respect and glory and honor should be given to Krishna for our achievements. Also not that we independently have done something great. So false prestige means that we're taking it that, that, oh, yes, I've done this. Look at me. I'm so great. You know, this is false prestige. We're, we're really not so great or accomplished. When we accept that we're greater qualified or special, we're taking credit for something we don't actually have. We have to be careful, even in the society of devotees. We're supposed to respect everyone and honor them. And, and uh, you see the older devotees 
Oh, Prabhupada disciple, oh, Prabhupada disciple. But if the Prabhupada disciple starts thinking like, ah, yes, I'm so great. I am a Prabhupada disciple, just look at me. You know, then what happens? Then, then they kind of slow down their progress on walking on this path of devotion because it's not that they've been around a long time that makes them great. I mean, but at the same time, they should be respected. So it's like two sides of the same coin. We have to respect others. But when it comes to being respected, we have to be humble and realize that we don't want false prestige. And when you get really sick and suffer, often you take shelter and realize, wow, I'm really not an advanced devotee. <laughs> you know, an advanced devotee is a, is a real thing. Just because one has been around a long time doesn't make them advanced. So Krishna's, like Brihaspati teaches us, you know, puts us in our place out of his kindness and causeless mercy. And you, that's Bhaktivinodakur, Prabhupada, on his, on his way to America, here he is, he's left the most beautiful place. He's left the Radhadamadar temple where Rupa Goswami's samadhis, so many samadhis are there. It was the gathering place of the Goswamis. The deity was, as far as I remember, carved by Rupa Goswami for, I believe, Chief Goswami. You know, what a special place. But what does Prabhupada do? He's given an instruction. Years before, an instruction by a spiritual master to go to the West and preach in English. So he goes through so much to get on a, a cargo ship. How many people would volunteer to go across the ocean when you want to go visit India? Does anyone think to themselves, wow, I sure wish I could go on a cargo ship. That would be so much fun. I mean, it's like the last kind of transportation you would want. But Prabhupada got on a cargo ship and and spent, it was like 30 days traveling on a ocean with seasickness, ends up with a heart, two heart attacks. And he gets into the Boston Harbor and he writes these beautiful prayers. And he ends it by your ins- that he's an insignificant beggar. You know, it's just like, if you want me to dance, make me dance. Because I have no qualification. He's saying to Krishna, I have no qualification. If you want this message to be spread, then you have to empower my words. He doesn't say, oh, look at me, I'm so great, I've crossed the ocean, I made it, and now I'm going to go do great things. Well, you know, that attitude is not there. That's our example, that's our path. Questions?
quite amazing, these great souls. While I was really sick, I was reading uh, the songbook. You know, we sing these songs, and they're just beautiful. But if we study the words and the, the meaning behind these songs, they're incredibly deep. Simple, deep, and so devotional. So we go on to this next verse in the Shikshastika. O oh, Almighty Lord, I have no desire to accumulate wealth. That's a good direction. Nor do I desire beautiful women or men. Nor do I want any number of followers. See, there's a trick there. Someone may have followers, but to aspire to have followers is not the right mood. I only want your causeless devotional service birth after birth. Now, what does Bhaktivinodakar says? He says, even if I'm born as an insect, please let me be in the house of your devotee. That's an amazing statement. Birth after birth. It's not that we are... I mean, naturally, when we're suffering, we want to be liberated from the suffering. But when you hear from these great souls and the Lord... I mean, sometimes in their prayers they do say, please rescue me. But it's not that they're always praying, please, I want to go back to Godhead so I don't suffer. They're asking for devotional service. Birth after birth. That's what Lord Chaitanya is. That's his direction. That's what he's saying. So that's our aspiration. And that's actually our protection and our shelter. The, the pure devotional service of the Lord. It's different than sadhana bhakti. We're not on that stage. But one who is doesn't aspire to go anywhere. Look at Kolaveksha Sridhar, the simple banana seller. Lord Chaitanya would come and harass him all the time. But when asked what he wanted, he just said that you always come and, and, and let me serve you. You know, he didn't say, oh, I want to be liberated, let me go back to Godhead, I want to become a gopi, I want to uh, be a tree in Vrindavan. I mean, those things are wonderful. Whether we're qualified for that, I don't know. But at least for asking for causeless devotional service, birth after birth, that's, that's our direction. That's wonderful. So, <clears throat> I know, I remember hearing a story many years ago, and Prabhupada was speaking with Tamal Krishna Goswami. And Tamal Krishna Goswami was a very pure and wonderful soul. Just a wonderful servant of Srila Prabhupada. But he had a tendency, especially in the beginning, to uh, 
you know, be a little authoritative and um, demanding, I guess, is a word. So Prabhupada one time, and proud, I guess there was pride there. So Prabhupada, as his spiritual master, he told them this story one time. And, and I'm not going to say it perfectly, and you've probably heard it before, but this is my simple remembrance of it. He's talking about this huge material creation. And there's so many universes in this material creation. And there's one small universe. And in that small universe is a planetary system. And in that planetary system is one small planet called the Earth. And in that Earth, there is one small country called the United States and in that one small country there's one city called Los Angeles and in that one small city there's a building and in that small building there's one Tamal Krishna Goswami he was <laughs> he was trying to take his pride away Tamal Krishna Goswami was, especially in later years, had changed his his mentality a lot. Anyway, it's a lesson for all of us. Indra's situation, he's basically, as they say, shot himself in the foot. He used his pride, he offended his spiritual master, and then his spiritual master disappeared. And then he goes through so much trouble because of that disappearance. And I remember many years ago, and that goes for offenses also. Offenses are such a such a scary thing. I remember reading many years ago a letter from Srila Prabhupada. And... Um, he was talking about this temple president and this head pujari. Not in the same place at the same time, I don't believe, but both of them had left the movement. And he was saying that one of them left because of their offenses to the women and one left due to their offenses to the children. You know, following Prabhupada's own example is the safest, safest way to go. We can pull out verses and try and put them in a context. Oh, family members, children are like what jackals and, you know, uh, women are like witches and they're less intelligent and they're uh, not... Uh, they're like sudras. I mean, we could put a picture together to make, uh, to, to kind of back our false conception of not liking whatever, women or children or whatever. But what is it that the Christian saying? The, the devil quotes scripture. You know, it's like we have to be careful. 
But our, our spiritual master's example, Prabhupada's example, the Acharya's example, it said that Rupa Goswami, Sanat Goswami, were so well loved by everybody because of their attitude of love and acceptance and you know, even the Dacoits. And it's so easy to have a fault-finding mentality. Oh, look at that person. Oh, I saw something the other day that just horrified me. I was just beside myself. I was in the temple room, and one older devotee was doing the Jayom prayers. And they were in, uh, they had just sang, they were in the, in the room and there was just a bunch of guests in the room and so they were the person was saying Jayom Vishnu Padam and they told everyone to bow down but they stood stood over these guests there was like 30 guests in the temple like they were like a warden or something soon as somebody raised their head from the ground hey hey no no put your head down on the ground put your head down on the ground you know, it's like, whoa, who has ever seen anybody do that? I mean, I was going to talk to the person, but I just didn't do it yet. I was just like, who? Who's given you that example? Prabhupada's example was there for us. And it's so much safer to follow Prabhupada's example. His acceptance of children, of animals, of, of women and their place in our movement. You know, I mean, he had them giving class. He had them doing the Pujari work, even in India. You know, we have to be careful. As soon as we take Prabhupada's example out of the picture, we may not be well situated. That's that's my thought on it. But but any offenses to, to any living entity, you know, it's something we have to be careful of. What to speak of offending our spiritual master, or the Vaishnavas, the deities. You know, we have so much direction. We just have to, if we have a humble mind, then whatever offenses we unwillingly or mistakenly make, then they're most likely overlooked. But when we do things intentionally, to offend somebody, then we have to be careful. All right, so that ends my little talk about poor Indra and his situation with Brihaspati due to his false, false pride and false prestige. But at least he's realized his mistake, right? And he was repenting. He was trying to repent. And he ends up being okay. But still, he's got to go through a lot. So if anyone has any questions or more discussions. And, you know, one thing I do like really a lot that a lot of the newer devotees do, which, of course, I didn't do, is they they offer their respects to the assembled devotees in the class and they also ask for forgiveness for any offenses or mistakes 
that they make during their presentation. So although I've already given the presentation, my offering is here also because um, I don't want to get the attitude that I think I know so much because I know I don't. All right, so if I haven't put everyone to sleep, please, if you have any questions or discussions or stories pertaining to the situation with poor Indra, please uh, speak up. Hare Krishna Mataji, Madhav Pranam to you. Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Guru Maharaj ki jai. And this is such a wonderful, uh, you know, the verse that you discussed and linked it to Shishtashtakam was just so wonderful, you know. And like you said in the beginning, it's our morning and reminding ourselves how we should be humble like a blade of grass. So you giving us a reminder uh, is uh, so beautiful because, you know, there are so many things in the Kali Yuga we forget. And recently I'd heard one class in which, uh, you know, always this, uh, uh, you know, the offenses committed by Indra and Lord Brahma is kind of compared the one in which Brahma took away the cows and in which Indra, you know, uh, was uh, giving torrential rain, uh, you know, the whole place. Uh, so uh, I've, I've, I heard that one of the devotees was saying that uh, you know, like uh, quickly Krishna forgave Indra because uh, in the you know offenses he created where they wanted him, everybody to do worship him, you know, and then he was throwing this horrible rain and all that. So all the Vrajvasis uh, they came, uh, you know, uh, close to Krishna. So when the devotees come close to each other, then Krishna is very happy. But mm -hmm. in the other one, uh, I think he didn't want to meet Brahma, Lord Krishna, because uh, you know he's like separated out oh. and then he, yeah so it is so nice that uh, you know even when offenses are created by the uh, devatas or demigods um, you know this word is used uh, devatas or demigods uh, then uh, you know like um, it's kind of weighed in the eyes of krishna you know that uh, uh, like when this happened what was the uh, result i mean he's seeing the best in everyone uh, Krishna, Lord Krishna. So I'm also reminded of, uh, you know, uh, like how even the the episode of, of Putana, right? She came very humbly and very beautifully in the beginning, but uh, there was so much of, uh, you know, another side of her. And uh, like how he gave her a, uh, like a position of a mother just because she came with that. And I always tell myself that why I can't remember this Leela every time that, you know, we have to see the best in everyone. <laughs> You know, like when we hear all these uh, pastimes, so, um, you know, it really reminds us that, uh, you know, like, and, and these pastimes, were they're not there in my mind in the beginning of the class, but after you spoke, uh, you know, especially about Lord Indra and the, you know, topic on humbleness and uh, uh, there is another thing, Mataji, that comes here, no, in the Shishashtakam that, uh, uh, like, we should... Uh, false prestige, like we should not uh, expect any respect but give respect, we should be humble, and then about prestige, right, so right. that, uh, so what is exactly the meaning of prestige, I know uh, you explained but I just lost it okay, I will read it to you give me a second what is the I, meaning of it from the Shastra point of view well I mean 
Do you want me to read that? Yes, Mataji. Prestige. Okay, the word prestige means widespread respect and admiration felt for someone or something on the basis of a perception of their achievements or qualities. So false prestige to me means that you are accepting respect and honor, admiration, based on your achievements or qualities, thinking that it's your doing, as if you're the, there's no God, that you know, you've done this, you've done that, I did this. I mean, Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita about that you're not really the doer, that in fact it's carried out by material nature. You know, you're you're just kind of desiring. I don't quite understand all that particular end of things. I mean, I have in the past understood more, but if we don't... Okay, it's just like the temple president. If naturally the temple president gets praised it, when it's something wonderful, wonderful accomplishments, but actually it's not just him. There's a whole crew of devotees. It's not like he is doing it all. So that, for me, if he got puffed up that, oh, yes, look at what I've done. I've made this temple great. You know, it's like his his part of it is there. But certainly the other 50 devotees have made it work. Like Prabhupada, when Prabhupada was said, oh, Swamiji, or, or you've done such a great job, you've done so much, Prabhupada didn't say, yes, look at me, I'm so great, I've done this. He, he would say, this is my, this is by the inspiration or by, by the grace of my spiritual master or by Krishna's grace. Or he would tell the devotees that they have, they have, he would thank them. You have made it possible for these things to happen. Not that he's done it all himself, right? So that's what it means to me that you, you don't accept that admiration or respect just on your own accomplishment that you are the only part of the picture. You know, there's a lot of other, like people say, the blessings, it's by your blessings, uh, by the blessings of the devotees or by the blessings of my spiritual master. There's one girl who's a pujari in Alachua and uh, every time, for years, every time I say, oh, you dress so, the dress the deity so beautifully. Oh, all respects to my spiritual master and Prabhupada. Guru Garanga. You know, she, she never says, oh, yes, thank you. I worked really hard. She's never said that to him. She's always said, yes, it's by the grace of my spiritual master and Guru and Garanga. You know, 
that I, that's what I think that is pertaining to. We don't want to build on that false prestige that we are just the, the doer and accomplisher of everything that we do. I didn't understand that. The word pride and prestige are like intertwined together. Like kind of, you can say they're synonyms? Maybe, maybe. I mean, I can see that they're certainly similar. Yes, Mataji. And also, like, I was, uh, you know, just hearing one small clip, you know, they have these reels in which there was, it was not from Iskon, but there was one Mataji who says that uh, I'm always happy because whenever, whatever action I'm doing, I'm, I mean, she's a worshipper of Lord Krishna, but then, you know, in India, there are people who worship Lord Krishna in different forms, different ways, different sampradayas are there. So she was mentioning uh, that I worship Krishna because, uh, like, but my main thing is why I'm happy is because all my actions I do, first I, I question myself whether this will make Krishna happy or not. And then I go ahead and do it. That's how I plan my life. So that way, I know that Krishna is always with me. I really found it very nice to hear in the morning. Mm-hmm. Something to imbibe. <laughs> yeah, there's a small little thing uh, where she's expressing, and she's one of the speakers uh, one of those, you know, there are some Matajis in Vrindavan. They, uh, they are, they are worshippers of Krishna, but then they sit with a lot of people in front of them, and they give classes, and there are a lot of followers of them also. And uh, they are basically from Indian body, and uh, you know, they, they're not following is con, but some of them, uh, it's nice to hear sometimes small, small clips, you know. So I was thinking, I just, it was on top of my head. And since we all are talking about Krishna Katha, so I just mentioned that. And mm-hmm. when you repeat something, then, you know, it kind of uh, stays with you for some time at least that all of our actions should be such that while we are cooking, while we are, you know, going anywhere, taking care of our health, going to the doctor, everything we have to link it to Krishna. And, and uh, like, suppose we don't take care of our health, then the Krishna will not be happy. So we have to take care of our health. So like you were mentioning, you, were, you had gone through so much, uh, you know, with your health and uh, like now you're back here. We're so happy to have you back. And I knew that time will come eventually when Mataji will come back and everything will be okay because I think we all, after the age of 50, go through this uh, health issues, you know, because everything is like kind of going down. Right, Mataji? Well, Prabhupada made a list one time of the order uh, which we should give preference to, and the first thing was our health. And you notice that when Prabhupada writes all of his letters, I hope I hope this meets you in good health. You're ever well wisher. You know he ta- he does talk about health, and he himself took very good care of his of his health. You know he would do his walk, he would get his massage, he ate. He ate very simply and very regular, very regular, and um, you know his what is it? Four-tiered cooker: the rice, the dal, the two subjis, chapatis. You know that's actually a simple 
wonderful, simple, basic meal. It's probably the healthiest thing to do, but I was thinking I should get a a tiered cooker too because, you know, you end up with five pots and you got to wash all these pots and there's all these burners and it's, it was actually a really good idea, this cooker that Prabhupada had. But health health is uh, is very important because uh, when the health is bad, the mind can be perturbed and weak and yeah, it's hard to do do anything. Hard even just to chant your rounds. So taking care of our health is like really important. Thank you so much, Mataji. And although you give like the examples of where you are and about your son, you spoke, uh, you know, like uh, their situation of uh, Roberts, <laughs> you know, how they're so frustrating. Actually, it is really like that. And I was wanted to mention this point that whenever I come across a situation like this, I'm trying to find all options where I can get customer service. And it won't take me there only, you know, because I want to talk to someone. Because oh. belonging from the age. One time, one time I was talking to Malati. She called me. She said, "I am just so frustrated." She said, "I've been on the phone with this medical thing for hours, and I can't find the right person to talk to. They just keep spinning me around." Okay, I'll transfer you to this person. No, I'm not the right person. I'll transfer you to that person. She was just. She said, "I just give up." You know, it's just, especially the older you get, it's just like, whoa, can't imagine. But it's not just being, you know, older. It's just frustrating. My son's not old. And he, you know, it's every everyone you try and connect with. Yes, Mataji, and also, like, kind of, we have lived from, uh, say, the age when we, uh, you know, got married, say, 25 to say 50, right? So, um, you know, 45, 50. So those 25 years of life, we have not seen this. And we're so used to the traditional way. Even now, like sometimes, you know, like if uh, we have to write some notes and all or something connected to, uh, you know, Krishna consciousness, I still need a paper and pen to write, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, the generation now, they are like, they quickly type it up, take a printout and give it to you. Doesn't work like that. <laughs> so, no. yeah, we are like belong to different age. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mataji. Other might have questions. <coughs> Hare Krishna. Yeah, I, I have one question. Please. Yeah, what question did you ask the robot to get the answer? I'm sorry. What question did you ask the robot so you were able to access the live person? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it was a whole, the robot had so many things. If you want this, say, push this button. If you want that, push that button. You know, it was just, I, I, it, it, was, it was actually, it was a government uh, site for uh, passports or something. And it, was, it wasn't a simple robot. It was a very sophisticated system. So you, it would ask you, well, talk to me like a person, you know. So you would say different things, and they would just 
say go on the website they would just it would, almost everything was just go on our website uh, we'd already been on the website you know there was no we needed a person to answer the question uh, and but then, then you ask one question so you were able to get the real person what was that question I don't know I don't know this. So you said you trick the robot and you get to that person. So he want to he meant to say, how did you trick that robot? I, I, I know what he's saying, but I'm saying this happened like four months ago. Okay. I mean, I don't remember what the robot was saying. They had so many options. So, and it wasn't that it just say if you want this person. Which one? If you want that person, if you, you know, it was, you had to speak to the robot uh, with sentences. So somehow or other, I said the right thing. Although I had called, I was on the phone for two hours, just trying to find the right thing to say or right thing to do to get a person. But somehow or other, finally, I said the right thing and I got a person. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what, you know. Yes, Mataji. Thank you so much for this nectarian class. And uh, Satish Prabhu, just now, who asked the question, is from uh, Maryland. And he visited a New Vrindavan uh, with the seniors bus tour. And he uh-huh. liked the New Vrindavan, the positive all, uh, vibes of New Vrindavan that he visited second. Uh, he was there on second bus tour, too. So, yeah. Oh, very good. Yes, it's a beautiful place. Yeah, nice place. Lot of peacock. Yeah, lot of peacock. They liked. Oh yes, yes, and they're dropping their feathers now. Oh. <laughs> so we should come again. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, thank you so much, Mataji. So uh, happy Krishna conscious be later birthday. So in our traditional way. We can greet Mataji, her birthday, and she will give more association to us and her guidance. So let's chant three times. Hari bol to Mataji. Hari bol. Hari bol. And also, Mataji, we can chant one time Mataji's health. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Krishna Krishna. Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama, Hare Rama. Thank you very much. Thank you. And whatever the uh, the beautiful vases, flower pots you see on the Nirvindavan, besides the Prabhupada and the altar, that Mataji is doing from so many years. So so beautiful deco- flower decoration. Mataji is very speciality. So I just want to share with all the devotees on the call. You know, you know the the vases. When I was first a Brahmacharini in Hawaii, and after a year or two, they sent me to L.A. That they had me making vases there. That's kind of, but not that I knew what I was doing. I just did what I was asked. But then, um, some years ago, maybe five years ago, one of my kids had a a serious problem and I had their astrology done and they said one of the things that would help them would be to offer flowers to the deities so that's when I really started making vases I made vases all the time 
to help the astrological situation of my one of my sons. <laughs> yes, so you you are using your talent to Krishna's service. So nice, Mother. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Thank you very much, everyone, for tolerating me. Um, and uh, we hope you have a wonderful day. If anyone, if no one has any question or comment, we can end up the call here.